It's amazing what we watch and what we listen to. And then we wonder why we're depleted. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp. And today on the show, we have Christine Kane. And Christine is talking to us about basically to not remain stagnant in our spiritual growth. And a lot of times what we do is we listen to things, we watch TV, we surround ourselves with all these things that create conflict in our life because it's something that honestly that our spirits wouldn't really want to listen to or watch or be involved in because they're not things of God. But we do it anyway because we feel like we need a break or we feel like that's okay. Or, and you know, it's not a sin to watch TV. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just we've got to be careful what we allow in our hearts because what we allow in our hearts and what we see changes who we are and changes our belief. And, you know, the Bible talks about how we need to renew our mind. We need to renew it with the Word of God. We need to renew our mind with the truth. And if we're constantly invading ourselves with things that the world believes or things that other people believe that aren't godly or TV or the way they live their life or all these ungodly things, then what are we going to live? We're going to live a life that reflects what we're allowing in. And so, you know, and the thing is, we get what we sow. We reap what we sow. And as we sow into ourselves ungodly stuff and ungodliness, that is exactly what we're going to reap. And we're going to see that come out of our lives. So I just encourage you today, you know, to decide to start making right choices, to start making good choices that will build up your spiritual man and not your sinful nature. Here's Christine. And so at the end of the day, God says, are you willing to let go of the weights if you're going to go in and possess the promise, the weight of comfort, the weight of convenience? Are you willing to drop it to step into the adventure? Or sin. Now, we don't hear that word very much, those three little letters in our postmodern, secularized, privatized, pluralized little world. We just believe I'm okay, you're okay. We're all going to Nirvana in a Tirana, hugging a whale, kissing a tree, eating a piranha. Awesome, holding a rock. And so basically, everyone's like, I'm okay, you're okay. I don't know if you've read the news. We are not okay. And so the world is a mess, and the reason it's in a mess is because of the word sin. Now, you don't have to freak out. Oh my gosh, is this a big judgmental preacher talking about hellfire and brimstone on a Sunday morning? I did not come for that. So over here, say that there was a, this cup had a label on it, poison. And I just decided to take that label off, to throw it away and write a new label on this, this no-name cup here and um, write uh, chocolate syrup. And then I put it in your refrigerator you would think I'm crazy. Because the milder you make the label, the more potent you make the poison. So we are not helping a generation by saying, everything's okay, do what you want. There's no such thing as sin. Because then we may as well just say, drink the poison and we don't care. We hope you feel good as you drink the poison and it kills you. That's basically what we're saying. But if we truly love people, then in love and through grace, with mercy, we say, oh, no, 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 that thing will kill you. But there is an anecdote to sin and it's called the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and it sets people free. It sets people free. Let us never confuse tolerance with endorsement. We're the church. And in love and grace and mercy, we want to help people not die. If someone 
had not told me that my unforgiveness was sin, then I would die in the wilderness. Well-meaning Christians, well, Christine, you know, no wonder you can't forgive the perpetrators of your abuse. Look what they did to you for 12 years. Christine, no wonder you can't trust male authority. Look what men did to you. Christine, no wonder you couldn't have a stable marriage. Look what happened to you. No wonder your mothering's dysfunctional. Look, there's an excuse. And we, we give excuses for what the Bible doesn't. Now, sometimes there are reasons. I understand that. But through the Word of God and wise counsel and the blood of Jesus, we ought to be set free. Nick does not need to pay for something he never did to me. My children do not need to pay for something they never did to me. There comes a time in our Christian life where we have to make what Jesus did for us greater than what anyone did to us. We have to make what Jesus did victorious. Let's live like we believe this stuff, church. So I had to lay aside the sin. How do I know it's sin? Because the Bible is my authority on that. And the Bible says, Christine, if you do not forgive, man, his sin against you, then guess what? God cannot forgive your sin against him. Colossians 3.13 says, Christine, I'm inserting my name into it. It doesn't really say Christine, so don't freak out and write pastor letters when you go there. As I forgave you, so also must you, must. So it's amazing how many sins we all hold on to in the church. Bitterness, unforgiveness, lust, greed, guile, envy, addictions, greed, anger, promiscuity, fornication. Before I start listing them, just read the Bible. They are in there. We just don't like to read about them. And we hang on to them and then we wonder why we're not possessing the promises. And God says, wow, why die in the wilderness over that when I set you free to thrive in the promised land? Imagine Jesus didn't just rescue me, but after rescuing me, he said, you know what, Christine? I'm gonna use you to rescue others. That's your inheritance. God is able to redeem every hurt. Nothing is wasted in God. He's able to work all things together, even the bad things. He's able to work those bad things together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. He's taken every bit of my broken and fragmented and wounded past, woven it together and he's allowing my past to give other people a future. I feel like Joseph now when he talked to uh, his brothers in Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, when his brothers, you know, were freaking out and he looked at them and he said, you meant this for evil against me, but God meant it for this very purpose to save many people alive. Every time we put a trafficker in jail, every time someone gets rescued, I'm like, devil, you can shove that in your pipe and smoke it because God has redeemed all of the pain of my past and he's working it all together for good. God never wastes a hurt. God never wastes a hurt and nothing disqualifies you from the purpose or the plan of God. So make a decision that you're going to lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily ensnares. I'm so glad we got one point out this morning. <laughs> the Bible says in chapter 5, verse 10, on the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The Bible says just before they went into the promised land, they stopped. And today we know the Passover is symbolic of Jesus and the price that he paid for us. They stopped and filled themselves with Jesus. I wonder as you keep going forward in your Christian journey, what are you filling yourself with? It is amazing to me as sometimes I see seasoned believers and the older they get, the more relaxed they get about filling themselves with Jesus rather than the more militant we should get about filling ourselves with Jesus. 
It's amazing what we never used to watch 20 years ago that we just think we're okay to watch now. We're okay to listen to now. We're okay to do now as if somehow it doesn't permeate and affect our spirit and our life. I am ruthless. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow all of the issues of life and the gateway to our heart is through our eyes and our ears. I'm not only ruthless with my 13-year-old daughter and my nine-year-old daughter, I am ruthless with myself about what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, who are my advisors, what kind of counsel am I getting? You know, I find it's fascinating to me, the obsession with this generation with reality TV. We watch things that sent Jesus to the cross as its entertainment. And it's amazing. If we just had a real life, we wouldn't have to watch anyone else's life. It's awesome. But anyway, that's another sermon. And so uh, my point is that it's amazing what we watch, what we listen to, and then we wonder why we're depleted. I don't know what you're looking at on the internet when you say that you're studying, but then you wonder why you're struggling with intimacy in your marriage. That's why you're wondering why you're struggling with moral purity as a single person. This is not rocket science. What goes in will come out. So at some point you make a decision. You know what? I'm going to start filling myself with Jesus, not out of guilt or condemnation, but out of a passion. Because you do what you want for passion. You do what you have to when it's an obligation and you'll never be able to keep it up. I have to go to church. I have to read my Bible. I have to stay pure. I have to do... No, rules never got you anywhere. That's why Jesus came and he said, look, let me sum this whole thing up. 613 Old Testament Mosaic laws. You're never going to be able to keep them. Just knock yourselves out. Let me just sum it all up. Put it down to two. Love God, love people. That's it. It's very not complex. Jesus knew we couldn't do the rule thing. So he said, I'm going to simplify it for you. But if he's got your heart, he's got your passion, he goes, would you love me with all your heart, soul and mind? Because if I've got your heart, I've got you. Then you're going to do the stuff out of a passion, not out of an obligation. Not because I have to go to church, have to do my religious duty. If you fill yourself with me, it's amazing. You know, when I met my husband, we were at Bible school and um, I was the teacher. He was a student and we're the same age, but he went to Bible college after me. And so um, I was doing a relief lecture that day. He tells this story. He fell in love with the teacher. So I walked in at our Bible school back in Australia at that time. We had a rule that students were not allowed to date one another. But there was no rule for students and teachers. And so um, Nick found out from my, uh, he found out from my best friend that I, um, that I swam every morning at six o'clock in the morning. And so at six o'clock every morning, I had been doing this for a year, doing laps of the pool. And then what happened was one morning I went down there and suddenly Nick's there. And I'm thinking, this guy's already there before six doing laps. So after about a week, we bumped into each other and I'm like, Nick, hi, you know, what are you doing here at the pool? And then he sort of had that male bravado. He goes, what do you mean? What am I doing here? I'm always here at six o'clock in the morning. I love swimming at six o'clock in the morning. Now church, I've been married to the man for almost 20 solid years. Never once in 20 solid years has my husband got up at six o'clock in the morning to go swimming at our local swimming pool. Never once. Because you do what you want from passion. No one has to tell you to read your Bible. No one has to tell you to obey God. No one has to tell you to come to church. No one has to tell you to tithe. No one has to tell you to serve. No one has to make you do anything because it's your passion. So what are you filling yourself with? What are you filling yourself with? You know, a lot of what I spoke about this morning, I didn't talk about last night. I didn't even mean to talk about. And so we never even got to point three, four, five, and six. That's for the third service. 
I'm believing God by faith because I don't have to get them out and turn the parking lot around. So they're going to be here till five o'clock tonight. So you are very welcome to come back for point three, four, five and six. Because for some of you, if you're ever going to be a churchaholic, this could be the day to be a churchaholic. I'm going to talk about in the next service the cancer diagnosis I got last year and what God did and how possessing the promise. I'm not talking about a pain-free or a struggle-free life. I'm talking about a victorious life that's very different than a pain or a struggle-free life. But I want Christians to come from a place of victory, not fight for victory, but fight from victory to possess the promise that God has for us. Because there are so many promises in God's Word and there is such victory in God's Word and so many people are living so far beneath it and dying in the wilderness, never possessing the promise that Jesus died to give each and every one of us. This church is a great church. Your future is a great future. God has so much more ahead of you. Your destiny is greater than your history. God has so much for you. We're going to continue to advance. We're going to continue to reach people for Jesus. We're going to continue to lift high the name of Jesus and we're going to continue to walk a victorious, overcoming Christian life in every realm of our life. We're not going to die in the wilderness doing laps around the same old mountains. We are going to walk in the freedom that Jesus has for us by choosing to cut off certain things and choosing to fill ourselves with Him rather than the world. And His Spirit will empower us to walk in victory and to have freedom in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, church, for every one of us. That was Christine Kane, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Christine Kane. Don't remain stagnant in spiritual growth. Also, you can find out more information about her at christinecain.com. Well, that is all I have for you today. I hope you have an amazing Monday, and I will see you again tomorrow for another episode of Morning Moxie. God bless.